0: George Rodriguez
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy Once again, my friends George Rodriguez El Conservador Talking to you From San Antonio Deep in the heart of South Texas And uh, welcome to our show today uh, We uh, have uh, a real, real good one My friends Still were uh, I've got uh, I've got some interviews That I did in Washington, D.C. When I was there two weeks ago And uh, the interviews That I've got for you today Are uh, from some angel parents And uh, and Sheriff Sam Page uh, From Rockingham Uh uh, North Carolina. And, uh, we've got, uh, we may have another sheriff, uh, call in, uh, later, but, um, these are the folks, the angel parents, my friends, as you recall, these are the folks who have lost, uh, loved ones. These are family members. They have lost family members to illegal alien criminals. And, uh, the first part of the program, or the, of the conference that I was at, uh, we, uh, it, it involved the sheriffs and the, uh, angel parents. And, uh, these folks were lobbying their, uh, their congressmen and senators there in Washington, D.C., uh, to, uh, speak out against this issue of, uh, the, this, this trend that we've got across the country of sanctuary communities where uh, there is a complete re- reluctance uh, and, and by uh, local communities to uh, work with ICE. In fact, um, you know there, there have been so many situations recently where uh, local communities have interfered. There was one in, in Tennessee that we reported on uh, a few weeks ago where uh, the ICE, uh, the immigration officials were going in to, uh, to arrest a criminal alien at a trailer park. Park. And uh, suddenly, from out of nowhere, there were uh, people that surrounded the uh, ICE truck and would not, uh, the, the uh, agents, and would not let them uh, conduct their arrest. I mean, it's incredible. Then, of course, you've got the situations that have occurred uh, also in Chicago where the police have been told not to. To cooperate with ICE at all, in fact, don't even be near where they are where they are conducting operations. This is incredible, my friends. This is really, really sad. We've got uh, situations in Austin, Texas, right here in our in our backyard, in Austin, where the um, the city council has flat out told ICE not to conduct raids uh, or or investigations in their in their city. Uh, my friends, what part of the word "illegal" don't they understand? I mean, that's like telling the police uh, you can't go into certain neighborhoods, and that has happened. To that has happened already. I mean, Black Lives Matter has uh, said that they don't need police officers in their backyard. <laughs> I don't know about you, my friends, but uh, you know, if there's anything that uh, that makes me sleep well at night is the fact that I've got police officers patrolling the the neighborhood. So um This situation with with ICE uh, and sanctuary communities. These sanctuary communities, where you have you know these angel parents, spoke out very very strongly because a a good number of them, a good number of them, come from sanctuary communities from Los Angeles, from uh, uh, from from uh, New York, from Boston. I mean, places, Charlotte, North Carolina, including because uh, you know these folks have uh, have suffered uh, because somebody released a criminal back into the streets. Now people uh, there was an, an interesting uh, news item in uh, in the in, in uh, that I picked up this past week where the Cato Institute uh, the, the the very uh, uh libertarian Cato Institute says that illegal crime is low. And so they kind of justify and say, well, because it's low, it's not really that bad. My friends, let's think of it logically. If you're going to get mugged do you want to get mugged by somebody who was actually born in the United States or somebody that shouldn't be here in the, United, in, in the United States at all? I mean, you know, you would not be mugged if the immigration laws, if the border was secure. You wouldn't be mugged by an illegal alien. Think about it. Let's be logical about this, my friends. The second thing is that uh, the, the n- amount of crime that is that occurs, thanks to these folks. Let me let me give you some statistics that uh, that came out the the, the uh, uh, this past week. Um, as far as assault and battery, uh, these are the total criminal convictions by type. Total criminal convictions uh, for uh, for fiscal year twenty nineteen. Okay, uh, this is the nationwide conviction of criminal aliens by type. Of criminal conduct okay so uh, in 20 in in, in uh, 2018 for 2018 fiscal year 2018 assault battery and domestic violence there were 520 of those arrested okay convictions 520 for burglaries larceny theft fraud etc cetera, etc cetera, there were 347 Driving under the influence. Now, this is a big one, my friends. Driving under the influence, one thousand one hundred and thirteen. Now, why is that one? That is that is one that has a great deal of ramifications, because these folks. I mean, if you're in a, in a in a sanctuary community that does not prosecute, again, let's be logical. If you're in a sanctuary community, if you're in a in a, in a jurisdiction like the city of San Antonio that does not prosecute. Uh, undocumented aliens, illegal aliens, that doesn't prosecute them and doesn't turn them over to ICE, then they gravitate here. And what happens is that these folks are driving around without a license and without insurance. Okay? And when they have a wreck, when they have a wreck while driving under the influence, you... Okay? even though you had nothing to do with that accident, you as a citizen have to pick up the tab because somebody's got to pay the insurance companies our insurance comp- company premiums everybody's insurance companies insurance premiums go up everybody's because we've got folks right driving around without license without uh, uh, insurance and somebody's got to cover it. You know, somebody's got to cover it. So we end up doing it. Then there's the real bad one, my friends, the real, real, uh, the the shocker, the amount, the number of homicides and manslaughter criminals that uh, have been picked up. Now, in fiscal year 2018, only three of them were picked up. And that is because the sanctuary community movement started in full swing the year before. It's been going on, but it started, and there are only three of them. I mean, this is this is really shocking, my friends. That means that means that we've got a lot of murderers, a lot of people who have assaulted folks who are hiding among us, who are hiding among us. And I, when I say among us, I'm talking about the Hispanic community, because my friends, they don't hide an illegal alien from Mexico or an illegal alien from. El Salvador is not going to hide uh, in in the uh, white community because they can be seen they're gonna hide in the Hispanic community and the Hispanic community is the one that suffers but obviously obviously Democrats don't care about that there's uh, the issue of uh, illegal drug possession and trafficking 871 of those illegal entry re-entry into the United States the number of, of, of criminal aliens that were picked up at the border that were coming back in criminal aliens, Three thousand nine hundred and twenty. Oh, my goodness, my friends. Three thousand nine hundred and twenty of them. The number of illegal uh, aliens that were arrested, that were convicted for weapons possession or transportation or trafficking, you know, that had no business having guns. One hundred and six of them. Sexual sexual offenses, 80 of them. Now, that compares with the year, previous year, in, year in, in, in 2017 when there was 137, and in 2016 when there was 150, 155 uh, sexual offenses, criminal convictions. Again, the reason that it drops off is because the Trump administration is doing its job to protect the border. However, the problem that we've got, again, sanctuary communities not cooperating. When sanctuary communities do not cooperate, my friends... Uh, the, these the, these criminals, uh, they run loose. They run loose. So uh, l- let me give you an example of the intolerance of the stupidity. I'll use that term. Of the stupidity uh, that goes on regarding this whole situation of arresting illegal aliens. Okay? Um, Acting Department Homeland Security Kevin uh, McClellan uh, went to Georgetown University on Monday to speak at an immigration conference. Okay? And uh, he was shouted down, and finally he had, to, he had to leave in another display of the intolerance and bad manners by protesters on a, com- on a, a college campus. They forced him to forget, you know, uh, addressing uh, the group. He had to leave. The audience was supposed to be composed of, e- of, immigrant sh- of immigration activists, advocates, lawyers, and scholars. Now you know these are supposed to be adults, professional adults, uh, but they were powerless to stop the disruption. It's unclear. Again, to me, it's unclear why the campus security or any other adults in the in the audience weren't able to control these protesters. The protesters kept shouting things like, uh, "When uh, immigrants uh, are under attack, what do we do?" Well, you know, they're not immigrants; they're illegal aliens. What part of the word "illegal alien" don't you understand? That's my, Uh, you know, uh, uh, this this whole situation that we've got, my friends, with uh, criminal aliens being just called or illegal aliens, period, just being called immigrants. There is a difference. The difference is immigrants come to the United States legally. Illegal aliens come illegally, and and you know, and we can't play those word games. Lastly, let me, uh, for, before we go to our first uh, interview uh, with Sheriff Sam Page, let me give you this last bit of, uh, of tidbit, because this is incredible. Um, Julian Castro... Our uh, our former mayor from here from San Antonio, Julian Castro went to uh, Matamoros, Mexico, uh, just on the other side of Brownsville. This past week, Uh, he went over there to meet with asylum seekers. You know, he was campaigning, of course, and trying to get photo ops and everything else. So he went over there, and he went specifically to meet with folks with um, with uh, immigrants, uh, migrants that are on that side of the of the river, uh, who have disabilities and who are LGBT. He was upset because, or he is upset because of the migration protection protocols, which requires people that are asking for asylum to remain in Mexico until there's a hearing date. The problem was that before, people would just come into the United States, claim asylum, uh, be released into the community pending their hearing and then they would never show up they remained illegally in the united states that's not happening anymore so he went over there and he you know uh, made his comments and had photo ops he actually tried to cross escort as the as the news puts it he tried to escort 12 illegal aliens back across the border with him of course the border patrol stopped them and sent them sent them back now my question very simple my friends for this shenanigans, for this uh, the, this the- political theater that Julian Castro was pulling, why should you know? Shouldn't he be arrested? Shouldn't he be arrested for trying to break immigration laws? For encouraging it? For encouraging it? I mean, for crying out loud! But again, the media did not say anything. The uh, uh, you know, uh, of course, the, the Democrats are not going to say anything about it. My friends, we have a problem in the United States. We have a problem at the border. It is the right for the, for the United States to protect its borders. It's it's our right. So um, let's uh, take another. Let's take a break. Our first break, and then we're going to uh, hear from Sheriff Sam Page about what he thinks about uh, the illegal immigration criminal problem in the United States uh, and in his area. He's right there next to uh, Mecklenburg County in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is a sanctuary community. So um, stick around, folks. Call your friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, a special guest with us, a gentleman that I met uh, last week at the uh, FAIR conference, uh, Sheriff Sam Page from Rockingham County, North Carolina. Uh, and uh, I wanted to chat with him. I wanted to reach out and ask him. Uh, about the challenges, about what well what he learned or what uh, he took away from the conference there at, in Washington D.C. with Fair, and what he sees as challenges with the uh, with illegal immigration as well as as other uh, other issues. So, uh, welcome to the show, uh, Sheriff. Uh, tell us what uh, what did you uh, what was your you know takeaway from the conference. Uh, on the, in in Washington DC last week and, and what are the challenges that you face in your own backyard there
2: well you know uh, first I want to say I had a great opportunity last week as I've been for a few years now with uh, with, with fair to go and network with law enforcement officers uh, uh, key officials from the uh, administration uh, actually we even got to meet with the president briefly uh, on our last day but uh, l- let me just start it off with is you know one of the most memorable um, minutes I had was when we had nearly 200 sheriffs from across America come together for a common concern about our border security, uh, enforcing and, and fixing our immigration laws, uh, came together along with about 50 angel families. You know, the angel families are persons that have had their family members, their lives have been taken, uh, taken away by persons that were illegally in the country that committed crimes against those persons. And, um, you know, just being there and listening to their stories really, really resonated with me. Uh, you know, while I was up there, one of my takeaways, one of my takeaways at, at the Capitol where we were having this press uh, or press or news conference, was um, our Congress needs to start listening to the citizens that they serve. that That's all of our Congress, our senators, our representatives uh, from across the country. I, I think they've gotten away from the concern. I never thought, of, and I, you've probably heard this before, but I never thought I would hear a time, and I'm a veteran of the Air Force, and spend a little time down in San Antonio, by the way, but I would never think that it'd be a time when uh, even some of our, our representatives in Congress have forgotten their primary responsibility of government, which is to not only to protect America, but, but to protect the citizens
1: now, you're right there in, uh, in North Carolina, right there uh, near Mecklenburg County, which is sh- uh, Charlotte, and um, they've had some problems um, recently with, uh, with illegal alien crime because uh, they seem to be uh, kind of not uh, being cooperative with ICE, uh, true?
2: Well, the explanation there, first of all, is the director of ICE, who we, we had to meet and received at least two briefings from. Uh, he indicated, and I've read this also, that uh, it was nearly 500 persons have been released from jails in North Carolina uh, that were illegal in our country, criminally charged with serious offenses being released back out into the communities, uh, obviously, where they could reoffend, it, uh, in a situation where they could possibly reoffend. And, um, you know, in North Carolina, for the past uh, few weeks now, uh, maybe a couple of months there, there's been discussion about. Uh, About there's some sheriffs that uh, have chosen not to uh, participate in a voluntary program, 287G, or the, which is an ICE immigration program, or participating in honored federal detainers. And of course, you know, it's, it's their choice. It's a request by the federal government. It's a request by ICE, but they've chosen not to do that. And pretty much this is my response. There are many, many sheriffs in North Carolina that do honor federal detainers right now. And I'm sure there are many sheriffs across America that are doing likewise. The thing about it is I believe the most important thing you can do as far as crime prevention and and public safety is when you run a jail, when when, when persons commit criminal offenses and they end up in your jail and they're illegally in your country, at the appropriate time, we need to interface those persons with ICE for removal back to their home countries. Removing a criminal offender from your community is one of your first big, big steps in crime prevention and public safety. And, you know, a question was asked the other day. I was, I was at a briefing with Senator Tillis and also about 10 sheriffs from across North Carolina down in, uh, uh, down in the uh, Randolph County area, not too far from Charlotte. And he asked a question, which is pretty interesting. He said, How many people, sheriffs, how many people are in your jail right now that are illegal in this country that are charged with just being illegal in your country? And the answer was zero. If a person is in our jail, they're charged with a criminal offense where they violated the laws of the state of North Carolina. And, and if a detainer a detainer's, is sent in and requests to hold that person, we honor. And uh, but but as far as a person, you know, a lot of persons out in the community sometimes they they misunderstand is local law enforcement does not go generally go out in the or does not go out in the field looking for persons that are per se illegal in our country. You know that that's that's the ICE officers' duties and responsibilities under their jobs and their job description. But when a person does enter our jail system, we as sheriffs know that. If a person, a detainer is requested and an administrative warrant comes with that, that we generally honor those detainers. And I say that, let me just say that a majority of the sheriffs in North Carolina, I know, do that. And there's a handful in North Carolina choose not to, and that's, that's, their, that's their choice. And they, you know, a lot of them campaign on those conversations, but I'm going to keep it in the public safety realm. But what worries me is the first time, and one victim is one too many, the first time a person is released from one of those jail systems and gets back out of the community, and reoffends and cause someone a life or serious injury, that's on that sheriff. He accepts that responsibility because he had an opportunity. These crimes, generally these crimes against American citizens and persons in the immigrant population in our communities could be prevented by honoring federal detainers and removing persons from our country at the appropriate time working with our ICE officials.
1: You know, it's very, very interesting how uh, we have uh, these situations now, like in Chicago, where... Uh, the mayor has has told the police officers not to cooperate with ICE, as well as uh, the situation uh, recently uh, where an, an officer um, detained a, uh, a a criminal alien, somebody that had committed a crime and then alerted uh, ICE. And then the officer got in trouble. How do you uh, how do you respond or how, how do you what, what would you say to folks like that?
2: Well, I've worked in law enforcement in this county, in my, and I love my county, Rockingham County, North Carolina. I came back home many years ago, but I've been here for uh, at least 36 years working in law enforcement, and 20 years of that is the current sheriff, up to the current sheriff being in, in that top position um, since then. And, you know, it just, you know, when you, when you remove it, when you suspend one of your, your officers or your deputies for doing their job, following the law, that that's a sad. That's, that's a sad, and that's a sad, and that's a bad reflection on that chief, and on, and on that, and on that, uh, that administrative body. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of the chiefs have. To, uh, they take orders a lot of times. They take orders from the mayors and the city councils in these communities and stuff like this. But some some believe in these communities that when you create a sanctuary environment, they. You know, and of course, when you create a sanctuary environment, um, that they're doing good for the immigrant population, but they don't realize a lot of times. First of all, most people that come to our country that are coming in here illegally are not openly are involved in committing criminal offenses. But there's a small percentage that do. And the sad thing is when you create a, a um, sanctuary community or city that not only do you have the immigrant population that could be illegal in the country coming there, but also you have the criminal illegal alien coming there and not only do they offend against the american citizens but they also offend against the immigrant population a lot of times
1: that's right that's right i mean you know we have known here in south texas forever i mean my grand- grandparents used to talk about how you know uh, illegal alien criminals would hide in our community <laughs> because they look like us and you know and i mean you know in today's politically correct world you can't say they looked like us <laughs> but they do so uh, you know this situation where uh, where we've got uh, folks hiding in, you know in, in certain communities and you cannot uh, you cannot profile so to speak how does that impact on the morale of the police officers or or the or the law enforcement officers well, well, I, well we're we're not a, a sanctuary
2: community you know, we, uh, you know, in our work as law enforcement officers and, and following our oaths, you know, we have to treat all people equally and fairly on the law, and we do, and we will continue doing that. If you are illegal, in, and this is a lot of misconception, but if you're a person that's illegally in the country and living in my community, if you call for assistance, you're going to get the same level of assistance as anybody else. Equal protection on the law, within, no question. Uh, but in these communities where they're, where they're um, picking and choosing what they will enforce— when they're enacting policies that prohibit the law enforcement, you know, how we solve crimes and protect the public is through communication, education, information, enforcement. But when you when you cut away the ability to, to work with our local, state, and federal partners, when you – I mean, if, if ICE is the organization right now that you're not going to work with, uh, if someone gets upset with the Drug Enforcement Agency – Are are they going to be next? The FBI? Are they going to be next? I mean, we don't do that. We work with all of our local, state, and federal partners. We participate. And there are many sheriffs. There are 3,080 sheriffs, I think, across the country. And a lot of them participate with federal task forces because the federal government does not have all the manpower. It's a force multiplier, but we work together as a
1: team, as a partnership, to create safe communities. And there shouldn't be any sanctuary cities in, in the United States. Should be to to me that's that's creating a double standard. You're right. You're right. Everybody everybody should be treated equally and fairly
2: under law, but our laws should be administrated and handled equally for everyone. And uh, and again, so when I start hearing the sanctuary process, you know, uh, Senator Tillis uh, was talking about a bill that he it will be uh, there'll be a judiciary hearing on October twenty second. You might want to listen into, but he's proposing that you know that if you are a per se sanctuary community and uh, and you want to receive certain federal funds. Uh, under this bill, that if you uh, you have to waive, basically waive your, uh, your your liability, so that uh, if there is a person that is victimized because you allowed a sanctuary process to continue in your community, and someone is victimized, they have the right uh, recourse to basically sue you. And if you don't if you don't go along with that process, then you could forfeit federal dollars. Wow. Now, there, I don't, my understanding, I don't think there are any public safety dollars, but there are other areas where federal dollars that you could be forfeiting. If you'd, and, and I don't know how far that will go, but the thing about it is, is if you're going to receive federal dollars, personally speaking, I think if you're going to receive federal dollars, then you need to work with the federal government.
1: Exactly. You need to cooperate. I mean, for crying but, out loud. But
2: here's another misconception is the ICE agents, the DEA and uh, ATF and all these agencies, they all have a specific job and a specific area of expertise. We as sheriffs have a specific area of expertise, subject matter jurisdiction and territorial jurisdiction. But, you know, you know, we're not trying to be ICE officers, but we are trying to work with our local, state, and federal partners to keep our communities safer. Everybody has a job to do, and every ICE agent that's being criticized right now in America are doing their job, which is to identify the criminal uh, alien offender that's in the communities and removing those persons from the communities to make our communities safer.
1: Not only for our citizens, but also, we've talked about it, for the immigrant population. That's right, that's right, Sheriff, thank you very, very much. It's so good to hear uh, you know uh, someone, someone in your position to be talking that that way about the the safety being, uh, the safety of citizens and in uh, the community being being primary I mean you know rather than politics, that is great Well, the last thing I'm going to say is just remember this: if we fail
2: to secure our borders and this ties in with our anti enforcement, but if we fail to secure our borders. Every sheriff in America will become a border sheriff.
1: That's right. That's right. Good point, Sheriff. We've been talking with uh, Sheriff Sam Page from Rockingham County, North Carolina. Sheriff, thank you for joining us. Uh, we've got to get you back on uh, again sometime in the future and uh, give, give us an update of what's happening in, uh, uh, in, in the Blue Ridge Piedmont area.
2: Absolutely. George, we appreciate it and also I wish we want you to pray for the men and women that put on the badge every day to go out and protect our citizens and people who live in our communities. Again, let's let's say a prayer for them today too.
1: Excellent. Good point. Excellent. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Howdy, 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 once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And um, this segment that we wanted to share with you today, we've got, um, as you recall, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Washington, D.C. for a special conference. And part of that conference was called... uh, sheriffs and angels and the angel part of it were the uh, angel parents were the parents uh, who have lost children to uh, illegal alien criminals and uh, just to give you an idea of that I, I pulled up the stats let me pull them up here the stats from uh, criminal alien statistics. Uh, In 2016, uh, this was fiscal year 2016, which means it ended in September of 2016, uh, 12,000 folks, 12,842 criminal alien arrests were made by the Border Patrol. 12,000 folks. In uh, in 2017, now uh, again, 2017 incorporates the uh, first year of the Trump administration and and uh, there was a substantial uh, drop during that first part of the year of illegal alien uh, cro- illegal aliens crossing into the United States but another significant factor was that uh, the uh, the sanctuary community went into full swing at any rate um, during twenty during twenty seventeen, eight thousand five hundred uh, illegal aliens were arrested criminal al- illegal aliens. Now these are these are folks that have committed a violent crime a crime including assault, burglary, uh, driving under the influence, and crashing to and of course homicide and ma- manslaughter. So uh, you know these folks, these angel parents, have lost a child, have lost a parent, have lost a uh, a relative, a close relative in some form or fashion, uh, to an illegal alien criminal, and uh, they were meeting in Washington D.C. because they wanted to uh, they wanted to bring attention to illegal criminals and uh, the continued uh, uh, the continuation of protecting these characters uh, by sanctuary communities, for example uh right there while we were in Washington DC and right there nearby in the m- Maryland suburbs of Montgomery County and Prince George's County Montgomery County was uh uh going through this uh this situation where they had recently arrested 10 illegal criminals 10 illegal alien criminals and these folks were uh, arrested for murder a combination of r- murder extortion and uh uh and, and rape and uh again the you know the the cri- these criminals gravitated to Montgomery County because Montgomery County is a sanctuary community when there's a when there is a an, an accident a, an investigation into a uh, into a crime into a an, into an accident whatever the police are told that they cannot ask if the person is an illegal alien if he is, they cannot ask about his, uh, his or her uh, immigration status. Consequently, for example, if uh, there is an assault and the person does not have any kind of a, uh, of a, a verification of ID on them, um, they cannot, be, they, they can't call, the police cannot call immigration services to have them checked out. You just leave the person. And nine times out of ten, what happens with that person is that they, dis- they disappear again. I mean, uh, they, they just uh, go back into the, into the woodwork. So this is the problem that we've got with uh, the situation of sanctuary communities and the suffering of, of uh, American citizens who are victimized. One classic situation here in San Antonio that we had, uh, uh, my niece, my young niece, was rear-ended by, a, by an illegal alien without a driver's license and without insurance. Nothing happened. The guy just disappeared, and there's nothing that could be done about it. So, uh, you know, this is the situation, my friends. We have got to address the matter locally. We've got to get our folks, our politicians locally to, to help. Uh, immigration to, to uh, round up these characters and get kick, kick them out otherwise we continue to, to, to uh, suffer the consequences so uh, let's go the this is a series this is about five the the these are five angel parents that I interviewed uh, there in Washington DC let's go to the uh, to the interviews and uh, listen to what they have to say once again George Rodriguez KluP 9:30 a.m. here in San Antonio uh, actually no I'm in Washington DC at the uh conference and um, I have uh, here one of the angel dads, uh, Mr. Steve Roddenbeck, Roddenbeck, right?
3: Roddenbeck. Yeah. Roddenbeck.
1: Uh, from Mesa, Arizona. And uh, I'd like to ask Steve to tell us the story of his, uh,
3: uh, how he became an uh, a, a, um, uh, angel dad. Tell us about it. January twenty second, 2015, my son Grant was working the overnight shift at a, at a quick trip in Mesa. An illegal alien came in, wanted to buy cigarettes. He dumped a jar of change out on the counter. Grant went to start counting the change. And this man says, what, you're not going to give me my cigarettes? Grant says, hey, I got to count the change. This man pulled a gun. Grant did everything he was supposed to do. He handed over the cigarettes. As soon as he did, this man shot Grant point blank in the face. He then went over around the counter, stepped over Grant, grabbed a couple more packs of cigarettes, stepped back over Grant, and then he turned stuck his hand back in his right front pocket. That's where he had the gun. He kept looking at Grant. He wanted to make sure Grant was dead, because if he wasn't, he was going to shoot him again. Oh my gosh. Now, this, this happened in Mesa, Arizona, correct? Mesa, Arizona, yes, sir. Right, sir.
1: Um, what do you see as, as the major issue with regards to, uh, to illegal alien
3: crime right now? well first of all it 's it's the, the amount of illegal aliens crossing our border right now, so far this year, we are at nine hundred and eighty five thousand illegal aliens that have crossed our southern border um, we have We have some of these people that have been brought here as children um, they 've been you know early teens, late teens, unaccompanied minors. And what we're, the biggest problem is we're not able to vet them, and we're not able to f- distinguish who's a cartel member or who's here to do bad things in our country. Um, let me let me
1: ask you about um, the the the, res- the reaction or. or uh, uh, what what have um, uh, your political leaders said about your
3: tragedy, particularly your congressman um, uh, in in Mesa, who is a Democrat, I believe. Well, no, I'm actually I'm actually in Andy Biggs' district, and Andy, oh, Andy Biggs is is been a phenomenal fighter for us. He's yes, he has. He's he's amazing. Part of the Freedom Caucus, uh, Mary Ann Mendoza and I have done several. Uh, uh, press conferences with Andy and with you know members of the Freedom Caucus Um, I've actually decided I'm going to run for Congress. I'm going to run in, in a district that is uh, that is run by a Democrat. It is run by a Democrat. It's uh, Raúl Grijalva. They call Grijalva the cartel congressman. Wow. Yeah.
1: Uh, Steve, thank you very much for spending some time with us. I uh, I I hope that uh, that this will be a fruitful uh, event for you. And I certainly um, feel for your for your loss. Thank you very much. Thank you, George. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, here in uh, Washington, D.C., at the Fair Conference. And we have another Fair mom, uh, another uh, angel mom, should I say, Vicki Lyon. Uh, Vicky, where are you from? And tell us your story uh, of how you became an angel mom.
4: I'm from Zephyr Hills, Florida, and my daughter, Nikki, was killed on November seventeenth, two 2001. She was hit head-on by a drunk cocaine He was on cocaine, he was high on cocaine and um, driving on the wrong side of the road. He um, ran into my daughter and she was killed instantly.
1: And he was an illegal alien?
4: Yes, he was an illegal alien from um, Mexico please don't take that as a racist statement
1: <laughs> my gosh uh, what uh, yeah an illegal alien is an illegal alien regardless of where they're from the uh, the situation uh, once again like I've been asking other folks um, how uh, how has what what has been the reaction to your story by state local governments
4: I was let down uh, totally by my uh, the state of Florida Jeb Bush um, and um Florida Highway Patrol dropped the ball. Um, Fernando Reyes was the man's name. He was uh, injured and put into a rehab center with broken legs, and his family come in in the middle of the night and snuck him out. So he's been a fugitive from the law for 18 years.
1: So he's still out there?
4: Yes, he is.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, Vicki, thank you very much for spending a few moments with us.
4: Thank you, George
1: all right folks we've got uh, a, a, another guest another angel mom who has been on the show before uh, at miss Agnes Gibbon Gibbony miss Agnes Gibbony who is actually uh, an immigrant herself um, but she uh, she lost her son uh, in in California I want I want to ask her she's very very active as an angel mom I want to ask her what how do you feel about the politics okay. in, uh, in, in California, particularly uh, you being an angel mom?
5: Well, California is letting not only angel moms, angel families down; they are letting the whole state down. California is becoming extremely liberal. They care more about illegal aliens and criminals, giving them protection, than they do citizens.
3: Do
1: you think? Uh, do you think that these politicians have any idea? I mean, I have heard them crying and carrying on about uh the children in cages, so to speak. What about the children in coffins?
5: They don't care. They don't want to acknowledge the children in coffin. In fact Gavin Newsom, our governor, who I'm, uh, we are trying to recall him we have an active petition uh, signed by the Secretary of State we're gathering signatures to recall him this is an official and I want to tell anybody that's in California you need to sign the petition not online, is not valid but we are recalling him because he cares nothing about you and me, he cares about the illegal aliens, he doesn't care that my son is six feet under my son's murderer will be released in less than two months in the state of california and he's going to be a free man while my son is still six feet under with his arms crossed in a coffin
1: gotcha let me ask angie uh, angie vargas one more time um... tell us uh, or morphine rather um, which do you go by angie or morphine i
4: like angie morphine but you know i
1: am angie morphine <laughs> <laughs> let me ask angie morphine one more time because she is a uh, a latina Tell us about the response to you as a an angel mom by the Latinos in California. Well,
4: uh, I would say the politician Latinos, uh, to me, they're a bunch of educated gangbangers. <laughs> and they don't like me. They, they don't like me because I tell them the truth. Yeah. And... Um, I would say the majority of my town, uh, the Latinos that love me, they love me. But the other majority, which are the politicians that make money off of these people, are the ones that don't like me and fight me tooth and nail. And that goes with the media.
1: And your 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 tragedy happened how many years ago?
4: It will be 29 years on December 29th.
1: My gosh. Angie, thank you very, very much.
3: You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning.
1: Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Uh, Here in our concluding portion of our show, I wanted to share some uh, more news items as well as a very, very... Interesting commentary uh, written by Ruben Navarrete, who is a um, a, a Hispanic Latino, whatever uh, opinion writer, very famous opinion writer. Um, he, he's really liked by the uh, by the mass media because he's a very polite guy. Um, unlike yours truly, who seems to do, you know, uh, I don't know. I'll say it. I, I, I seem to tell the truth. <laughs> At any rate. Um, the, uh, uh, some of the news items that I want to share real quick with you. Um, first of all, a leftist group. Now, you know, this is how insidious and under attack our, uh, first responders, I would call them as well. Our ice agents, our border patrol, this is how insidious, uh, the the left is being with them in trying to undermine their their psychology and un- trying to undermine them in, in in general. There's a there's a group that's encouraging the ICE agents to change careers. Uh, it's an it's an advocacy group that has launched a website uh, to uh, encourage these ICE workers to leave uh, the agency. According to uh, the uh, the um, uh, organization, it's called Never Again Action. Uh, which is a Jewish group, a group of of uh, a, a Jewish community members. They call themselves. Uh, they say that uh, that they've had it with ICE and they want to reach out to them on the Day of Atonement, uh, which is the holiest day of Juda- Judaism. Uh, we're taking uh, uh, that's taking place uh, this past Tuesday. That was taking place this past Tuesday. The group uh, was trying felt that it was a perfect time for these ICE agents to quit their jobs. Again, my friends, undermining, undermining our security by causing problems, psychological problems for these uh, for these ICE agents. Incredible! I, I, I find that I find that to be, uh, you know, that, that's that's playing with the mind, my friends. That that is that is uh, uh, unthinkable. Um, then, of course, there was the the, uh, the news out of El Paso regarding the, um, the the people who damaged the National Border Patrol Museum. Uh, last February, if you recall, there were, there were a bunch of uh, of, of uh, uh, idiots that went into the um, National Border Patrol Museum last February and destroyed it, distama- damaged it, uh, did all sorts of things uh, to it. and the, the the museum is located in Northeast El Paso. Well, at any rate, um, the charges were dropped against two of the uh, two of the protesters because apparently the judge felt that uh, that uh, they didn't have anything to do with it other than. Uh, they were just there, and they were charged with just criminal mischief. Uh, in other words, uh, they were just charged with, or, or trespass, rather, uh, with mischievous trespass, as they put it, and um, uh, because they were just there at the event. The other people that uh, apparently there are 14 others who are still facing trial— and they're, they're, they're facing trial um, or charges regarding criminal trespassing. Those are the ones that are, are facing criminal trespassing because they did damage the place. They did go in and destroy it. And why did they do it? Because the group was carrying posters and photos of migrant children. Again, that's the media calling it migrant children of illegal alien children who have died in Border Patrol custody. You know, folks, again, as we have said before, these kids that are being brought by adults, be they their parents or not, they are being brought. It is not the fault of the Border Patrol. It is not the fault of the American taxpayer that these kids get sick. S- these are the demented people who are bringing them, who are, uh, you know, wh- where are the parents? If they've got adopted, I can understand. But, um, you know, what a parent is bringing a kid on a, a an arduous, a, a, a dangerous journey, and then they get sick and die, that is not our fault. And I, quite frankly, my friends, I'm going to be very blunt, and I will tell you that I am tired of being, uh, of being assailed, of being uh, made to feel guilty uh, for, the, for, the, for the problems of the third world. I am not responsible for the problems of the third world. I am not. You know, uh, we give them, I, as a taxpayer, give them, the third world, lots of, of funding, lots of, uh, of foreign aid. And uh, you know, for them to come to to our country here and try to make me feel guilty because uh, they made stupid decisions, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not going to happen, not going to happen. Other news, other news, and this happened this past Thursday, um, at the uh, Gateway Bridge in in uh, in Brownsville, Brownsville, Matamoros. Uh, there was a group of um, of uh, of illegals of, of migrants. Uh, because they're not illegally in the United States yet, but of these migrants, they uh, blocked the bridge. Um, the uh, there was about a, a hundred of them that were blocking the crossing there at the bridge. They were uh, from Central America and they're seeking asylum here in the United States. Uh, they included women and children. And uh, Customs and Border Patrol, uh, Border Protection, said that the uh, bridge was temporarily closed around 1:30 as a group of 250 to 300 migrants um without any doc without entry doc- documents uh close the br- close the bridge uh the migrants said that they didn't want to block traffic huh well then why did they do it uh, you know again stupidity uh they only wanted the authorities to talk to them uh again th- making the uh making the appeal that they are suffering and therefore they should be a uh, given given uh asylum my friends again i will tell you That suffering is not a reason to enter the United States illegally or legally. It is not a reason. Suffering is not a reason to enter the United States. It is not an asylum. Uh, It it, it is not a reason for asylum. I'm sorry. Uh, Everybody suffers. The whole world is suffering. You know, like Judge Judy says, she suffers. Everybody suffers. The issue is that there are certain criteria that you must meet and these people who are mostly economic refugees people fleeing poverty they do not fit they do not fit the asylum uh the uh, the asylum criteria they don't so uh you know one of these folks was uh, commenting the, uh, that she understands uh she understands the situation but um you know uh, they uh they need some kind of, of answer. This uh, person said that uh, from Honduras, uh, Carla uh, Moral de Moradel, uh, she said uh, that uh, they've been told clear, clearly, if they had told me clearly no, then I would have gone back to, um, to Honduras, but I think there's still a chance, and so they keep holding on to these chances, and they hear, but again, you know, they blame Donald Trump. They blame President Trump for his tough asylum seeker uh uh stance. And uh again, it's not that we're doing anything wrong other than we are protecting the border. We just can't let anybody and everybody in. Uh also in another situation here in Texas, uh a very, very interesting situation here regarding uh a sheriff uh here in North Te- here in Texas, uh as well as the acting director for uh, ICE Uh, That on last Thursday, this last Thursday morning, they were criticized. They criticized a judge's ruling uh, barring his agency from resolving solely on uh, relying solely on the databases that uh, have at times led to uh, wrongful detention for American citizens. Now, here's the situation. The ruling by uh, judge, this liberal judge, uh, U.S. District Court Judge Andrew um, or Andre, uh, Biroti, uh, he bars, uh, his ruling bars ICE from I- issuing requests known as detainers, okay? He stops ICE from using detainers based solely on a database of search, which uh, they consider to be unreliable. Now, my friends, I would rather that an American be held temporarily temporarily because it's temporarily it doesn't go on anything other it's an inconvenience on the other hand if you don't rely on that you are going to have illegal aliens illegal alien criminals released you know this is the same argument my friends this inconvenience and that's what i will call it this is the same argument that they have all the time when they say you know they target they profile hispanics at the bo- at the border asking them uh, if they if they are legally in the United States well that's understandable my friends because that's the majority of people that's what the majority of people that look like that are coming across the border my parents and I my grandparents my great-grandparents we have always lived on the border and I have never felt offended when a border patrol agent Asks if I am an American, uh, am an American citizen while coming, you know, while coming back from the border at the checkpoints. I have never felt insulted. Nevertheless, that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what's happening here. Somebody had their feelings hurt and the judge is going out of his way to make sure that the feelings are not hurt anymore. I'm sorry, my friends. I would rather be uh, safe than Sorry. How does that sound? Finally, let me go to this last uh commentary real quick. Uh regarding the by Ruben Navarrete regarding high Hispanics that have sold out. According to him, high Hispanics that have sold out to the Trump uh White House to to President Trump. And he goes on to criticize Hispanics that support President Trump, saying that they have low self-esteem, saying that they are eager eager to uh, to uh, overlook uh, President Trump's shortcomings and his uh, and what he calls his uh, the, the President Trump's uh, uh, immigration policy, uh, which is overreaching. He says, uh, "You know, here's the, here's the facts, my friends. The fact is that Navarrete and others like to apologize, like to apologize to uh, the world for being uh, Hispanic, but they don't understand it." I am not apologizing to anybody for being Hispanic because I'm not Hispanic. I'm an American first. And when it comes to being an American first, my friends, by definition, by definition, I will look after American policy first, which means the border. I don't care if Mexico's feelings are hurt. I don't care if Mexican feelings are hurt. uh, The only thing I care about is our nation being guarded and protected. That its borders are secured. That's what I care about, my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, thank you for being with us uh, this um, uh, October twelfth, Saturday, October twelfth. Uh, I hope that you will join us. I hope that you will share our program. I hope that you will support us. If you want to know how you can support us, please uh, send us a uh, an email to uh, uh, George to G R O D R I three six one five at gmail let me say give it to you one more time g r o d r i three six one five at gmail and uh i'll tell you how we you can support us we need your support we need to continue being the voice of uh, freedom and liberty uh, in two languages in dos lenguas until next time my friends thank you for being with us george rodriguez el conservador talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on KLUP 930 AM Radio The Answer.